The Jewish Living Podcast is brought to you by Margaret Teets. Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Jamaica Hills is a five-star, fully kosher facility under the VOD. Established in 1971 for the care of Holocaust survivors, community needs has always been their mission. Mostly private rooms, valet parking, a beautiful courtyard garden will all make for a comfortable stay. Amenities for the body and soul include superior short-term rehabilitation, long-term and hospice care, daily and Shabbos minyanim, a full-time rabbi, Shabbos elevator, entry doors, and a Shabbos apartment. The Margaret Teets Erev connects with all the surrounding from communities. For more information, please call 718-298-7829. The Queen's Jewish Link presents the Jewish Living Podcast, the show that examines the many facets of Orthodox Jewish life. Here's your host, Izzo Zwerin. A few weeks ago, we spoke with Ellie and Dina Kamiansky about their experience in making Aliyah. The goal of the conversation was to help prospective Olim in their Aliyah process. But what about people looking to stay stateside? Let's say you grew up in the New York metropolitan area, And now that you've grown up, finished school, gotten married, maybe had a kid or two, now you realize that New York is expensive, like really, really expensive. Maybe now you're looking for a new community in which to raise a family, but you don't know where to start. Well, lucky for you, we have that covered. Today on the Jewish Living Podcast... I am Rebetzin Judy Steinig, Director of Community Services and Fair Coordinator for the Orthodox Union. When she says Fair Coordinator... Robertson Steining is referring to the OU Jewish Community Fair, wherein many communities from across the country come to New York to offer information about their community to potential new residents. Robertson Steining and I discuss the fair coordination and how to turn your visit to the fair into a success. Well, thank you very much, Robertson Steining, for joining me. So, Tell me a little bit about the OU Communities Fair. How long ago did it start? So the OU Community Fair started uh, before I got there in 2008 under the leadership of then-President Stephen Savitsky. And it started um, with, I believe, uh, the first one in 2008 had 16 communities. All of those communities were completely outside of the New York area. Since then, that was the first fair. Since then, uh, we've had uh, five other fairs, and each time the uh, amount of communities has grown. Uh, Since the first fair, though, communities came from throughout the country, including the New York area. And now we are up to the seventh fair, which will take place, Be'ezus Hashem, Sunday, November 24th, 2019, this coming November. And it will be held, this is right before Thanksgiving, Sunday before Thanksgiving, and with God's help, we are expecting 57 communities from, wow. from 19 states throughout the country, plus Nefesh Benefesh will be bringing, we believe, six to eight communities from Israel. That's this amazing. Is our, this is our biggest one yet. That is, that is absolutely amazing. You mentioned when the fair started in 2008 and that it's evolved over time. What is the goal of the fair? What is the fair trying to accomplish? The goal of the fair is twofold. Uh, on behalf of the families that live in places where they are looking to move for varying reasons, and I'm sure we'll get to that later. So there are families that are looking to move to other communities, be they closer to New York but not where they are now, all the way across the country. Families are looking to move and looking for different things. 
Then on the other hand, we have wonderful communities that are looking to grow. So it's a wonderful way to make a shidduch. And that's, that is the goal of the fair. That's always been the goal of the fair, and it's the goal of the fair now. So the goal of the fair is to always try to make a shidduch between people that are looking for a community and a community that is looking for people. 100%. That's amazing. So you mentioned the number of community detentions. I think you said 57? 57 57. Now. What about the number of community hunters? Ah, so we are expecting um, between 1,500 and 1,800 people that's our, that's our typical. This one, though, because it started with so many people uh, when registration started in August, uh, the first week already 160 people had already uh, registered. This one could be way bigger than that. And let's talk about the venue. So you gave us the date in the middle of November. Okay. I've attended these fairs, and I've never attended the same venue twice. Uh, where's this year's event? So this venue, actually, we've used a couple of times. Uh, this is the second time we are using the entire ground floor of, it's called Metropolitan Pavilion. It's 125 West 18th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue in Manhattan. It is a wonderful venue. Um, it's, it's, it's near all the subways, uh, easy to get to. Uh, and while parking is never pl- pleasant in New York, actually on Sundays you can, get, you can find parking. All right, so people can get there, I guess. Very easily. They can drive easily. 100%. Subways get there also. Very easily. It's a half a block from the uh, 18th Street number one stop and a couple of uh, streets over from um, the F train and everything else under the sun. (laughs) Last question about the organization of this fair in general, the frequency with which this event is held. I believe it was every other year, but that seems to have changed a little bit. This usually, we say it's biennially, every other year. This time it's been even a little bit more of a break. The last one was in April 2017, and this one is November 2019. We think the fall is a better time for people to get ready to move, and so that's what it is, and we have now plenty of time to get ourselves set up because it's a lot of work. Right. People can start going to the fair now, pick a community or find a few communities to look at, do the research all throughout the winter, which is a great time to go visit these communities, 100%. which we'll talk about, and then maybe make a decision in the spring and start looking for potential places to actually live for the summer. That's exactly what we tell people to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this year's fair. What goes into putting something like this together? I'm sure there's a ton of moving parts advertising and venue and all sorts of things are going. So tell me a little bit about putting this type of an event together. That part is always at the end. Before all the advertising, you have to first get the communities. So communities, uh, the applications were started actually a year ago. Uh, They started applying. We don't take every community that applies. Right. Uh, They have to show that they... um, have various amenities that an Orthodox Jewish family is looking for. Of course, an Eruv, a mikvah, uh, available to kosher food, all, all sorts of things that the typical uh, Orthodox uh, Jew is looking for. So we, they first apply, and then we accept them. And then from then, we start really working intensively with each community on a written profile, which will appear, we use it on the website, and in a community guide, which we're working on now, which we publish and is distributed at the fair. And that gives tremendous information to community relocators to help them in their search. So I want to press you a little bit on one of the things you said about the various amenities. Oh, kosher food. I'm, I'm assuming 
we're looking, this is the developing communities fair. This is not the pre-developed communities fair. So what we're looking for are certain communities with certain amenities. So I would imagine, as you mentioned, kosher food, mikvah, shul, what other types of things? Schools. Okay. Uh, not just, of course, most places do have preschools, but we want to see all different types of schools. Or if they don't have a high school, what do the children do once they get to that age? Um, as you had said, this is for developing communities. And, and when you said not pre-developing communities, that is a good point. The success of the fair will not be for every community. I interview the communities if I have any question whatsoever because I don't want to accept them and have them make a big investment if we don't think they can be successful. It's not fair to them. It might be that in another few years, they'll be perfect. But we want to wait. We want to make sure that those who will come have a chance to be successful. Sometimes it takes several times being at the fair. But there are some communities that either aren't ready or unfortunately, not every community has the capability. They might be a dying community, and we won't be able to do anything to help them. That, that unfortunately. unfortunately does happen sometimes. From a programming standpoint, when people come to the fair, is it just walking around and seeing different communities? What else can these uh, fairgoers expect from just a programming standpoint? This year's fair will have... In addition to all the booths, and we'll, we can talk about how they can be successful in a moment, but we're very excited that this particular fair, we will be having several classes. We have a workshop area, and we will be having classes on how to get a mortgage, on from a realtor, what to look for when you are looking at a home. This is for, for many of our people, our first-time home buyers, and really don't won't necessarily know all the things they need. Um, we have a lawyer who does closings who will come in and tell them what they need to know. In addition to that, Nefesh Benefesh, representing Israel, will be doing a session, and we also have an Israeli realtor there. So there are plenty of um, programs for people to go to learn, even if they're not ready to move yet. Let me just also point out that many times people come to the fair and they're not ready to move now. I had one young woman call me last year, and she before the last fair, and she just wanted to make sure, is it okay if she's coming, but she's not planning to move yet? Is that is that like fair? And I said, <laughs> absolutely. Please come. We, you, everybody's welcome. You, you, whether you're c planning to move now, three years, five years, or even never, just come see what's out there. See, see. Maybe you'll tell your friends about it. And we've had people move that haven't been to the fair, but a friend will tell them about a community and that friend will come. So we are welcoming everybody who is interested in seeing what communities there are across America. That's absolutely... And Israel. It's absolutely true. I, Like I mentioned, I attended this fair twice and I ended up sticking around in an already developed community. I did not move to any of these, but going to these fairs, I went to the fairs, I spent a Shabbos in a couple of the communities to check it out anyway. And it really helps you gain an understanding. Even if you don't go to these communities, it helps you narrow down the type of community that you're looking for. And it's also information that you can share with others. Right. You know, and we have had tremendous success in people moving. As I said, not that they were necessarily in the four wheel, walls of the fair, but over a Shabbos table, they heard about something from somebody else and they ended up in that community. So we are, we are happy to welcome anybody who is interested in hearing what, what goes on and see the showcase of, of the communities. All right, let me ask you about the people who attend. You did mention that some of them are first-time homebuyers. I'm sure everybody who attends this fair has their own reasons for attending. 
But what, in your estimation, is the breakdown for the reasons people attend the fair? Maybe they're looking for jobs, housing, community. What would you say? Everything. Um, and, and, well, let me just talk first about demographics. So everybody assumes that it's all young couples with one or two children, um, which, by the way, we have a tremendous amount of young couples with one or two children attending. But we also have people with larger families. We have been now, we are asking communities to identify amenities that they have for retirees and seniors. So last time uh, in 2017, when I went through the demographics, because we do ask people these questions, not everyone always answers, but with what we received, 10% of the attendees were retirees slash empty nesters slash uh, seniors. Uh, so they were all interested in hearing what other places there were. And we also had 10% of the attendees were also singles. Some of them have grown tired of the New York scene, and some of them have, you know, are looking for other places. So we certainly encourage that. So that's you know, the people who come. Why are they coming? Um, it's funny, we, we ask that. We ask, you know, what what would be a reason to come? You know, what are your priorities? And um, so we've heard everything. Uh, certainly, affordable housing—that's that's of course major. Looking for jobs in other places, uh, values the out of the out of metropolitan area values of a smaller community, climate. Some people are looking for warmer climates. Some people are looking for colder climates. It right. just depends. It's all a matter of what you want. Some people are looking for schools that will have smaller uh, teacher-child ratios. There's all sorts of things that people are looking for. Some are looking for multiple reasons. And depending on the person, that's that's what, what's going on. So we spoke about the various numbers of communities, but I want to dig a little deeper about the communities that are coming. And I'm, I'm assuming you have a large array of communities from all across the country. How many states are represented? 19 states. 19 states. Wow. Anything in Canada? No, we've, there was some interest, but it never, I think at one point there had been a couple from Canada, but not this year. We would have welcomed them, but um, we don't have any this and year. And I would assume you still have some communities in the tri-state area. Oh, that absolutely. Are we have probably, um, I don't have the breakdown, I'd say close to half of the communities are in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And uh, that might also include Philadelphia, too. I'm trying to remember. All right, but the, the Northeast, yeah. I guess, Northeast not including Boston, I guess, would be yeah, not that's included in your numbers. But we have out. Boston coming. The metro New York area, right outside of the five boroughs, is extremely well represented. Okay. So even if people are not looking necessarily to move out of state, they might still be able to learn something about a community they might not have known about before. 100%. And people can then decide, do they want to be closer to where they've grown up and be in one of these areas, or are they looking to be farther away? And they have to factor in. If they want to go much farther out, well, of course, the housing might be much, much cheaper. They might, But they have to then remember about the plane ticket to come home. So there are all sorts of things to factor in, or perhaps be in, in a metro area. For those of us who have attended in the past and might not be familiar with maybe some of the new communities, will you share with us some of the new communities that have joined this year? I certainly can suggest that everybody always visit the website because every single community has a website on ou.org slash fair. But we're not going to name the names just in case we leave anybody out. Right, I don't want to leave, right. Okay, that's fair enough. For people coming to the fair for the first time, or even multiple times, I want to get a sense of how 
they can be most successful in finding a community. I've gone to the fairs, as I mentioned, numerous times already at this point. But not only that, I've gone to multiple different types of fairs where I just find myself walking around to different booths, seeing what the people behind the desk have to say, and maybe writing some notes and then being on my way. I want to know how a family coming in can get the most out of their time and experience at the fair. Great question. Very happy to discuss this. So the first thing I would say is prepare. Um, for, I think that if it's a husband and wife, they should sit down and discuss why are we moving? What is it we're looking for? And, and prioritize what you're looking for. Are you looking for affordable housing? Are you looking for, for jobs? Uh, better values in certain communities? Um, these are the things you have to think about. Are you on the same page about the climate you're looking for? Sometimes the husbands want colder climates and the wives might want warmer climates, or just the opposite. Um, if it's a retiree who's looking, so perhaps they should consider where their, where their children are. And if the children are moving, often we are now seeing that they want a place that may have retiree uh, amenities like uh, kosher-assisted living that the parents can now think about later on. There's lots of things to think about, and you have to, before you walk into the door, it's very good to have a conversation. Uh, if it's a single person coming, they should really think about what they're looking for. Will the community that they pick, will it, will it make them comfortable as a single person to be there? Uh, some places will be more uh, amenable. Uh, some places will just take them in, but they might not have other singles for them to be with. That might be good or bad, depending on the person. Each person has to decide for himself what they're looking for. Uh, I certainly would suggest to check out the OU's FAIR website, ou.org slash FAIR, because every community is listed with all of their different amenities, and it'll give you certainly an idea of what's going on there. You can even, uh, ahead of the FAIR, contact the, the contact people on it, um, and everyone links to their own uh, community websites. So that's the first thing. The second thing is before you go, I would suggest focusing on perhaps 10 communities during the course of the day of the fair that you want to have intense conversations with. You can't do it with all 50. You just, it's, that would not be possible. But think about eight to 10 communities that you really, really want to focus on. Get your questions together. What is it you're looking for? And what each person is looking for could be different than somebody else. Maybe you want to know where the rabbi, where the various rabbis in the communities got their smicha from. That might be important. Uh, is there, well, they all have minyanim. Do they have a hashkama minyan? I mean, all the different things that, that you've had in the community where you're living now, what is important to you when you move out? Uh, how many pizza shops are there? Classic Jewish question. That's very important. You know, um, you know what, what, what is available, and each community will have something different to tell you. Um, I would suggest, though, while you're focusing on 10 communities, while you're at the fair, don't just go to the 10 communities. Right. Walk around and go to every community. Every community will have brochures, they'll have swag, they'll have tchotchkes to pick up, nosh to eat, all these different things. You want to at least go up and down the aisles to see every community, even if you don't have time for a conversation. So I would imagine that the 10 communities are where you're going to be spending larger amounts of time, but that doesn't mean to ignore Right, and I will else. tell you that we had a great story that came out of a couple of fairs ago where one woman 
rounded the corner, saw a particular sign from a community and said, yeah, like I'm going to move there. Well, P.S., of course she moved there. And the, <laughs> and the rep who told us the story she's best friends with. That's because great. one never knows really what's going to happen. So you really do want to get the information from everybody. Uh, another th very strong suggestion I'm going to make is that if you have young children, make this a time to get a babysitter. Yes, they certainly are permitted at the fair. We wouldn't stop anybody from bringing children. But I do want to focus on the fact that strollers are not permitted on the fair, in the fair venue. This is a, uh, a policy of the venue that we cannot do anything about. We, we have stroller parking, but it's not easy to bring little children around. It's hard to have a long conversation. So um, if they're toddlers, you might want to invest in some babysitting for that day and then perhaps go out to dinner with a husband or wife and talk about what you had. Well, you know, talk about all that. But um, I strongly, as I said, recommend babysitting. And my last suggestion is wear comfortable shoes because you're going to do a lot of walking. The <laughs> venue is 25,000 square feet, and we have it jam-packed with communities. So no heels this time? For sure not. All right. What age children might be appropriate to bring? Those who are patient to walk around with their parents. I would say it totally depends. I mean, an infant that you can actually carry in a snuggly, that, that could work. But it, it really depends on the child. Okay. You know, nobody will be told that they can't bring children, and children can, can come in. Uh, but I'm just thinking about the parents who have kids pulling away. Um, you know, you have to keep them by, the, by your side. We take no responsibility for children. And as I said, no strollers on the venue. So we're going to emphasize no strollers on the venue. It's in every piece of advertising you will see, plus the confirmations and notifications you get. In terms of the marketing that a lot of communities might use, they use a lot of this generic jargon that I feel like might apply to a lot of them. I've seen the brochures in the past, friendliness and warmth or small town feel. Uh, how would somebody going to the fair fight through those types of words, that, that language, and try to narrow down what the important parts are? So I am working intensively with all of our communities to minimize that, that language because, thank God, we have 50 warm and friendly communities. <laughs> and what's most important for people to hear, really, is once we know that they're all warm and friendly, is that we want to know how affordable the housing is. We ask, we ask our communities to be very, very much in touch with you know, what is the cost of a, three a starting three-bedroom, three- or four-bedroom house. What are the costs? What are the taxes? Um, you know, obviously they should know about the schools in the area. This is the information which is critical. And we definitely want them to know about the, the job market. What are the popular jobs in the area? What are the good industries? And wherever they, wherever they can to make connections for people. And this is all in the profiles that uh, people will see in the book. Right. So let's talk about things that are appropriate to bring. I know that communities are might consider bringing a real estate agent with them to the fair. Some I've, do. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. As a fair goer, would it be appropriate for me to bring a resume? Might a, might a community bring in maybe a recruiter or some sort of like that? Actually, I know of at least one community that's, that's bringing a recruiter. A resume is always a good idea. Okay. Absolutely. And what about things like pre-approval for mortgages? Does that matter? Not at that point. Not at that no. point. Too early. Okay. I want to talk about post-community fair. So you mentioned that, oh, at night you go out to dinner, you do a recap. What are you 
discussing in that recap of the fair to make sure that you're both on the same page? So I would say that um, in that first hour or two after the fair, I would say whatever your impressions were, uh, if it's a married couple we're talking about, I very well mean that the, the wife might have had a certain impression of the people she spoke to, which could be very different than the husband's. I've told the communities, by the way, that they should be bringing both men and women as their community reps, and also people that represent a cross-section of the community, uh, certainly in age, hashkafa, and everything else. And so a, a wife will have to, you know, a woman will have to, you know, comment on how she felt comfortable speaking to somebody or not speaking to somebody. So that's the first layer. That first, uh, you know, it might be that that first night they might pull no, no, a couple of places. Nah, that's not going to work for us. Or they don't have the jobs there. Or the school doesn't uh, is not going to be what we want it to be. Um, at, after that, though, they definitely should. It, it, post fair goes on two levels. It's the communities have responsibility, and the relocators have responsibility. Um, of course, if you're a relocator and you're interested in a particular community. You're not going to move there until you've visited that community. Right. And we're at, whenever you can go for a Shabbos, that's certainly the best way to find out what's going on. So be in touch with the communities and see what you can work out. It may be that you're going to fly to them. It might be that you have to take some vacation. But uh, do it because this is how you see up close and personal what they told you about the fair, how it's going to work for you. On the other hand, we have the communities reach out to those who have been to them. And we have, um, there's technology that helps them do that. They can scan the uh, badge of each person and they'll be able to easily get that information. Okay, do fairgoers have the option of scanning badges? Yes, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. <laughs> we, we just have to make sure everybody gets the technology. Yeah, we, the, um, and in fact, uh, what we did last year, the, we even have a very big QR code for the community as a whole and for the individual um, reps. I Everybody would, can scan each other. Yeah, I would also imagine that there's stuff that maybe a community doesn't tell you, not because of malice, but just because it doesn't come up. More obvious things would be like state income taxes. Like I'm sure every community will tell you, especially the ones that don't have state income taxes, we don't have state income taxes. They're very proud of that, yes. Right, everybody that lives in those states, Florida, Texas, Washington, whatever, they all have those they're proud of. But other areas that a community might have neglected to mention that people can do research on afterwards. So as, we, as you mentioned, taxes can be property tax, uh, sales tax, all these types of things. Uh, most of the communities that do have some kind of uh, tuition uh, vouchers, that's, that they is, is right out there where you can see that. But there might be other questions that an individual might have that they might have not have thought of. So those are the, each couple, each individual who is interested in relocating, as I said before, has to know what's important to them, financially, hashkafically, and they have to ask those questions when they go and visit. Do you have an estimate of how many people move to communities based on the success of previous I, events? I absolutely can. Um, I would say for the first four fairs, the estimate was about 60 families in total. I wasn't there then, so I can't tell you exactly how they did it. The fifth fair, we don't have demographics. from. There was transition going on. The sixth fair, that was the last one. That was the one that I was there and in charge of. We were very proactive in reaching communities. And to date, 
close to 250 families, family units. A family unit could have 10 children or it could be a single person, but each one counts as one. 200 and close to 250 has, have moved since the last fair. Wow, yeah. that's phenomenal. To, well, now I have, let me just uh, mention though, not to every community. Of the 56 communities in the last fair, I'd say about half of them reported successes. Some of the others may have had, we just don't have that data. Right, yet. You only it's all self-reported data, so right. they don't report anything. And some of them ha had many, many more moves than that. We're only counting on the ones that, that track back to the OU. But some, it could have been, you know, some, some of them could have had many, many more moves, but I only want to take credit for ones well, that, yeah, you know. Well, yeah, if a shadchan sees two people and they end up getting married, but the shadchan wasn't the one who set them up, right. then that doesn't count. yes. Right, that makes sense. Where can people learn more and sign up for the fair? At our website, ou.org slash fair. And if they have any questions on the fair? There's a place there that they can send questions. There's, there's a contact, and we will be happy to get back to them. Let's say for future events, if there's somebody out there listening and says, hey, my community would really benefit from this, and somehow the OU hasn't reached out to me yet, or I haven't heard about it yet, how would they be? I mean, I know that... The I just had, that the fair. I had just had that this today. Oh, wow. I, I, I've had several communities reach out to me in the past couple of weeks, and I unfortunately cannot accommodate them at this point. But if they, again, if they go on the contact tab, we're happy to think about them for other times, and I'm happy to speak to them about strategies that they can grow their community even without the fair. I think that the thing that you would like the most is that you get so many communities that you outgrow the current venue and you have to go find another venue. Actually... What we'd like even more than that, that communities could be so successful on their own that we won't need the fair anymore. Ah, that's right. That, that's, a, that's a much better success rate. Is there, is there anything else that you'd like to add in before we wrap this up? I just want to tell everybody that we're looking forward to seeing you Sunday, November 24th, Metropolitan Pavilion. We strongly suggest that you register uh, in advance. It'll just be coming into the fair will be a little faster, although even that day we're still happy to see you. Great. And if people are worried about the length of how much time are we talking about the fair goes for and if there's food available during the fair. Thank you so much for those questions. Okay. So the fair opens to guests at 12 noon and ends promptly at 6 p.m. And uh, there'll be a kiosk for snacks uh, at the fair. In addition to that, uh, for, for small purchase prices, and um, many of the uh, individual booths will have their own uh, nosh that represents their community. So uh, we, we will uh, tell you that every one of those is under Hashkacha, not necessarily OU Hashkacha, so you have to check those to see if it's something that you will accept. But uh, many communities do have that kind of nosh. Uh, there is no charge for guests to enter the fair, so we're happy to have every one of you. That's great. It's ironic that the OU is allowing other Hechsherim into their event. We're very open-minded. Wow, amazing <laughs> in this day and age. All right, Rebbe Steinig, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This, was, this has been a pleasure. Great, I'm glad. My thanks to Rebbe Steinig for joining me this week. We will be taking a break for the M.M. Tovim, but we'll be back in November with our next episode. For now, have a Ksiva v'chasima tova, and as always, kol the Jewish Living Podcast is produced by Sroli Pikus. Our theme song is The Band by A.B. Rottenberg from Journeys 4. You can email the show at jewishlivingpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also find us on Twitter at Jewish underscore living. The Jewish Living Podcast is recorded in conjunction with the Queen's Jewish Link.